Yeah. We'll get into, we'll make that another topic. How many guns should the average Christian own? <laughs> okay, welcome everybody to the Bible Thumper podcast. My name is Patrick Hayes, and with me, my good friend and co-host, Caleb Jenks. Caleb, tonight, well, before we get into what we're talking about tonight, I always like to remind everyone about what we're going to talk about next week. And next week, we are going to tackle the question, is it okay for a Christian to smoke marijuana? So let me tell you, a lot of Christians moved to Colorado in the last couple of years. So we're going to tackle that one. Other than that, I don't have any other announcements. Do you have anything we need to announce or talk about or just jump in? No, I'm going to share this. I'd say if you're watching this, it's one thing we forget to ever tell you guys to do. Um, <laughs> remember remember to um, uh, subscribe and share it if you think you have friends that might be able to see it. Uh, nobody nobody knows about Patrick and I. We, we didn't start out with a big following here. So if you think it's something that could be helpful to somebody else, um, just share it. No, that's a good point. And then even with the individual videos, as soon as you go on, uh, to watch us, please immediately just share the video with somebody. Just say, hey, live right now is, you know, this is going on. Because, yeah, because I think we started this podcast, like, I got my mom to like it and one of my sisters, but not even all of them. So it was slow going at first. All right, so... With that, <clears throat> Caleb, is it okay for Christians to get tattoos and smoke? Which one do you want to jump into first? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I'd say let's go for the smoking first. Then really? we'll go to the tattoos. We're, we're never going to get around to tattoos if we start out with the smoking. I don't okay. care. I That's... I, I have I have zero experience with either with either of these topics, so I sh I should let you lead out however you, however you think on this. Um, oh no, go ahead, ask the questions. Okay, get it. That's always an easy way to get it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, all right, we can go we can go down the tattoo route. You want to okay. do you want to do you want to get this out of the way early on or not? <laughs> well, uh, okay. So yeah, I'm assuming I'm assuming you I'm assuming you wore a long sleeve shirt today, so you you have no tattoos. <laughs> No, I have a short sleeve shirt, and you know you can see my tattoos. There so, you go. <clears throat> so apparently, of, apparently Christians have tattoos. Some Christians do have tattoos. So uh, I have three, and Caleb is zero. So we average one and a half tattoos. <laughs> I mean, that's really what Let's... we should be saying. <laughs> wow. So. <clears throat> So that, that begs the obvious question. I've never asked you about this. So what is, what is, did you get your tattoos before or after you were Christian or what's your opinion on this? Cause I'm planning okay. to be pretty hard on you about this. No, that's fine. So my first tattoo I got prior to ever even holding a Bible in my hand, let alone opening it and reading it. And then the next two I got, I uh, got early on in my, journey i'd say to be honest with you i can't remember the dates i don't remember if i was saved when i got my tattoos if i was it was shortly no it was before it was before 
because I remember the church that I was at when I got saved and I had my tattoos prior to getting there. So no, all three of my tattoos I got prior to getting saved. Uh, two of them I got after I started reading the Bible. I never got to Leviticus chapter 19, verse 28 prior to getting any of my tattoos. And I really wish I had someone that was more biblically literate uh, that, you know, I could have talked to about it. Cause unfortunately, you know, when I was thinking about getting some tattoos because of this new thing in my life, which was God and the Bible, I didn't really have anyone that I was able to run that idea past that gave me any sound advice. So I was young and dumb and now I have a couple tattoos and two of them are uh, Bible related. So, yeah. So what, what is that? What, what was in your head at the time? <laughs> so, you know, what was in my head at the time <clears throat> was um, God made such an impression on me and uh, the Bible meant so much to me. And I, it was kind of a turning point in my life and I wanted to remember it. So what, better way to remember something for, you know, a 20 something, um, than to print it on your body with permanent ink. So, right. you know, so that's what I ended up doing. Um, <clears throat> does that help? Does that answer No, that, that's, that's very interesting. So I've never brought this up to you when I first met you, of course, I grew up understanding that it's not not a good biblical idea for christians to get tattoos mm -hmm. and you were the first and not the last but you were the first christian that i met that had a scripture reference tattooed on your on your arm sure. and i was like wow this is this is very interesting why didn't why didn't you just go ahead and go with leviticus 1928 sure. yeah. <laughs> and tattoo that on your arm so well, anyways i i thought it was funny but there's better there's uh it's one of the better things I've seen somebody get tattooed. And I, I've ne I can't say I've, um, I've ever stumbled with it as, as a friend, I've never even brought it up to you or, or asked you about it. I don't think, um, yep. but I always thought I always got kind of a kick out of it. Um, and I think I've told a couple of, a couple of my friends that I have a friend that has a scripture tattooed on their arm. And they're like, he has what? Sure. Well, and, and that's the response that I would have now if someone was telling me any and and unfortunately nowadays in Christianity you got to remember that it's Burger King Christianity in America today that is the number one form of Christianity Burger King Christianity and that is have it your way and they don't most of us don't think of well what does God say about this and and it's so funny because. God weighs in on everything in our life. That's a thick book. And God had something to say about whatever part of our life we were going to, you know, um, uh, whatever part of our life we were thinking about altering, God has a say in it. He wrote something down and we can reference that. So that way we can do it God's way instead of ours. But in Christianity today, I mean, it is not uncommon to see, you know, lots of people in lots of churches with lots of tattoos and continually getting more. But with that being said, Caleb, I have several friends who have spent a lot of money on surgeries to get their tattoos removed, you know, because they read the scripture and they're like, nope, looks like I shouldn't have gotten those. And now that I'm Christian, I want to get rid of them, you know, and there, and there and are a lot of people that do that. 
there's some tattoos that are a lot less conducive to, to the Christian. Um, oh, yeah. It depends on what your, some people's lives take turns, different turns and uh, they've got their ex's name tattooed on their arm or whatever. And so that's, that makes sense. Um, so what, of course, you ne- I never feel like I have to understand why God says something. When God says something, then we just say, okay, you're God and, and we obey. But if you look at um, this particular passage, because I can only find one spot in the Bible that, that clearly deals with the tattoo thing. There's plenty of others, other scriptures that talk about us being set apart from the world and not, you know, um, our t- bodies being a temple. Uh, I would say that this is one area where it's the Bible wasn't real heavy on the whole tattoo thing it's mentioned one one place that i know of that it clearly talks about and of course the word tattoo wasn't even a a word back then uh, but it talks about cutting your body some of the some of the um or making marks on it some of the translations would talk about calling it a tattoo i'm just going to put it up on the screen so we can all say it make it easy now let's do this and this so it seems that to me, a lot of Christians would probably look at this and say that the cutting part was maybe more of it. You shall not make any cuttings on your flesh. Um, and that was the marking part had more to do with that. Um, the interesting thing about that is piercings would, I would consider piercings to be, to be cuttings as well. Maybe it's a little mm-hmm. different than what they were doing in Bible times with the, um, uh, you know, worshiping idols or cutting cutting themselves to make themselves bleed, and that's that's something that happened over and over again. But no, no, no. Hold so on. there was. Well, go ahead. Finish your finish your thought. I'm sorry, I shouldn't interrupt. Well, so anyway, just looking at what what was going on back then and what's going on now, I can see that tattoos were being used to mark slaves. They were being used uh, in in different religious ceremonies with the pagan rituals. They were also being used to mark prostitutes. Uh, there was no good thing that a tattoo was being used for. Maybe they hadn't um, figured out how to ta- tattoo scripture references at the time. <laughs> so maybe if that would have been the, maybe if that would have been the issue that they were dealing with, it would have been different. Or if now nowadays where you can be a member of any kind of societal class and you can, uh, you know, man, woman, uh, teenager, you know, black, white, whatever your race is, you can get tattoos and it can be cool. It can just be something artsy. It doesn't have to have any, you don't have to be part of a motorcycle gang or part of a, you know, some sort of a, um, cult or something weird to, you know, it may have nothing really to do with anything religious or non-religious. And so it seems like it's a little bit more neutral now than probably what it was historically back then it was being used in things that were pretty much diametrically opposed to God. But does that mean we water it down now and say, oh, well, that was then and this is now. And so so we, so we, our, our tattoos now are a little kinder, gentler version of tattoos than they were now because we're just getting butterflies tattooed. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, you hit, you, hit it, you hit the nail right on the head in the beginning. We don't have to understand why. We just have to be able to read English and obey what we read. And I'll tell you this, you shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor print any marks upon you. I am the Lord. So do you know that the only way to print marks upon you is to cut yourself? That is what a tattoo is. There is no way to get a tattoo, okay, without, now what they're doing is uh, puncture wounds, okay, but at the same time, if you get a jailhouse tattoo, it is often done with a piece of glass or or something, you know, something makeshift that is uh, sharp and you can uh, carve into yourself and get the ink under your skin to stay there. So 
Anyway, what, what the Bible is describing in Leviticus 19.28, to anyone that knows anything about tattoos, that is describing a tattoo. It could not describe it any more perfectly. And, and either way, <clears throat> you know, God is saying, nor print any marks upon you. God didn't say, don't print marks of naked ladies on you. He didn't say, don't print marks of uh, gang uh, symbols on you. God didn't say, don't print marks about uh, drug culture on you. He said, don't print any marks upon you. That's what he said. So that's what we're supposed to do. Don't print any marks upon you, for he is the Lord. Out of all the scriptures, you know, and it's funny because you mentioned, really, there's one verse that we lean on for this. I agree. And it's because it's so stinking clear. God didn't need to go over it anymore. He's like, nope, this is it. Don't print any, any marks upon you. Today, even, you cannot get buried in a Jewish cemetery if you have a tattoo on you, okay? Because they believe that your body is defiled because of this verse, and, and they will not allow it. You know, so I think it's such an open and <laughs> which shut I, <laughs> Which I tend to agree with. Have you ever seen, I was looking up some of the er, earliest uh, recorded history of tattoos, and there's some pictures of mummies that they they've there's some mummies that have tattoos and old people i've all i have noticed this tattoos look better on young people than they do on old people for some reason they don't age that well it seems like sure. they certainly don't age well on a mummy i'll just yeah i'll just tell you that yeah that, that's on the extreme side of old but I, i'm sure you're right so i have never heard okay so here's the, well, the question i want to ask and then we can you know, we can move on to smoking if you like. Who is the Christian out there that wants to make the case for tattoos? And what can you use in the Bible? Okay, you got to have one verse. Okay, all of the Christians that are out there that wanted to make the case for drinking, they all had one verse. And it's amazing how every Christian, no matter how apathetic or pathetic they are, if they know one verse in the Bible, it's in the book of John when Jesus turned water into wine, because that's the most important verse in the Bible. You know, it's not John 3, 16. <clears throat> okay, it's when Jesus turned water into wine, because that is the only verse they all lean on in order to give themselves an excuse to drink. So I want that verse for the Christian that's going to say, you know what? There's nothing wrong with tattoos, and that's it. The only real argument you can get from Christians nowadays is the old one that I'm just sick of hearing, which is, oh, that's the Old Testament. You don't have to obey that, okay? which I think is not only not only ignorant, but it just makes you sound foolish when you say it. Okay, so that's what I have to say about tattoos. What do you well, think? That's, uh, that was something interesting, and I thought maybe you would have some good insight onto it because you were um, – because you had a – christian tattoo to go along with your christian whiskey yeah <laughs> um uh, so i i don't understand for sure why this is but i have heard the argument made by people that they feel like that they're more approachable if they you know this was clearly something that was old testament this was in leviticus mm -hmm. i'm more approachable if i if i fit in more if i you know if i'm not looking like one of these hoity-toity judgy christians and i've got a tattoo so that i can kind of fit in with the rest of the world around me and i'm i'm cool enough and approachable enough that they can talk to me um and so that's that would be one i i honestly think it's a pathetic reason because we're called to be set apart from the world yep. Holy, and part of the separate, reason peculiar strange 
part of the reason that people are attracted to us is because we're not just another one of them. We have made lifestyle decisions and and a choice to to follow God and obey him and and be holy such that our lives don't just blend in. If we are just the same as everybody else and we have nothing to offer. So that seems to me like a very pathetic argument to make, Oh, I do this so I can blend in better. Um, And now the one thing that we did not touch on here is people like you or anybody else that has existing tattoos. I have no issue with somebody. I mean, if you have a tattoo, you come to church, you know, big deal. You have a tattoo. If you're, if you're at church and you say, Hey, I think it's a cool thing. Me and my buddies are going to go down next week. We're going to get tattoos. I'm going to say, hang on a second. Have you, you know, if you read the Bible, we're, we're supposed mm-hmm. to be, our, our body is supposed to be the temple of the Holy ghost and we are supposed to be holy and set apart. And so we are not, you know, to me that it does not seem like it's conducive to a Christian. So what, you know, what are you thinking? And we should have some more, we should be able to have those conversations, but that's a tough conversation to have on almost anything, even something that is not as socially, um, this is a permanent thing and kids make this decision very flippantly and it would, it would do them good to have, you know, somebody, a voice of reason in their life somewhere that says, hang on, you know, this isn't what you're supposed to do, but it's, it's hard to have those conversations with people, especially children, you know, kids, youth, they don't listen. And so that was, I think something that I thought about earlier is how do you deal with this when you have people, um, and I know people oftentimes have really good moral messages, some, some passages some tattoos could be a meaningless, like I said, it could be a butterfly, but others, maybe it's a memory of a loved one that they lost, or it's, um, you know, something like that where, where they are emotionally wrapped up in this. And it seems to them that the good outweighs the bad in what they're doing. And so they got one verse in the Bible that tells them not to do it. And how do you, how do you convince somebody that, you know, the bad actually outweighs the good when you're disobeying God, it doesn't matter how good it looks. If God says it, do it. Um, especially when we're dealing with one verse in the old Testament and we ignore so many other verses in the old Testament. Uh-huh. It's, it's just, it's very, it seems like it's almost an impossible thing to change in the, in the Christian culture when we've already gotten to the point that we ignore most of what God says not to do. We just do it anyways. Sure. You know, so why not ignore this? Cause it's only mentioned once and I don't even know where that book is in the old Testament. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, out of all the books that Christians don't read in the Old Testament, Leviticus has got to be at the top of the list. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I, I agree, Caleb. I, I, and, but, you know, again, you, you really hit the nail on the head and you've said this so many times. And you, you've said that if if Christians are just like the world, then what do we have to offer the world that, you know, it's it's a ridiculous idea. We're supposed to be strange. We're supposed to be separate. We're supposed to be a peculiar people. Uh, That means you can be nice and kind and sweet. You can be personable. You can be um, a normal person. You don't have to be awkward and weird where you don't have people skills or social skills. Okay, but you are supposed to be the person where when someone sees you, they can identify you as different for some reason pretty quick you know and and god goes out of the way with the jews to make that okay even if someone wanted to say in the old testament which i don't have to obey there are some laws and rules and restrictions and i'm just going to ignore those because they're in the old testament okay fine i disagree with that argument but fine can we at least agree that god sets up a pattern 
God at least gives an example for when he tells us in the New Testament in 1 Peter 2.9 that we are to be a peculiar people, can we at least draw from the Old Testament and look at the lives of the Jews to see what a peculiar person looks like? That means God told them how to dress. God told them how to worship. God told them what to eat. God told them where they can live, who they can marry. God told them how, what type of clothes they're allowed to wear, how they were allowed to wear their hair. God told them, I mean, I mean, the number of things that God told them, what they were supposed to do and how they were supposed to act, made them so different from the surrounding nations. It was obvious. There was no way to mix up an obedient Hebrew with a Canaanite. It was impossible because of how different they were. And I don't see that God wants us to be any different than that example that he gives in the Old Testament. I think God wants us to be on that side of you're supposed to stand out. You're not supposed to be mixed up for the rest of the world. Okay. What are you Those are really at? good points. Oh, we got a couple comments here that I just can't ignore. So oh. Darren Crow says that's what what Christian T-shirts are for. Oh yeah, that's, that's great. Forget your behavior. Just just wear a Bible verse on your shirt. <laughs> and then you're on. Um, I don't know if you know Benjamin Grabinski or if he's one of your friends or who he is, but apparently he's on here watching and he says, no matter what you do at the end of the day, you're better than the devil. My God is love. So that thanks for the consolation. I feel a lot better knowing that I'm one step better than the devil. I thought that was funny too. <laughs> Another interesting comment. So yeah, I guess basically really the moral of the story is clearly the Bible says, don't do it. We do it. Christians do it all the time. And why do we do it? And I think it really comes down to where we've watered things down to the point that, you know, we just do whatever we want. Like you said, it's have it your way, Christianity, Burger King Christianity, which really goes on to the next um, half of the episode as far as smoking. Okay. Um, and so, <laughs> well, so well, I don't know what your thoughts are on this. I've never, I've never smoked. Um, I would, I would never smoke. It's something that I would consider uh, to be an addiction and something that should be, you, you should steer clear of. But um, here's another area where it's not, it's not something that's uh, real black and white and, and talked about, about in the Bible. So what's, I guess, what's your thoughts on it, Patrick? Well, again, okay. So let's, let, let's start here. Okay. I'm mm -hmm. a smoker. Mm -hmm. So I smoke cigars. I smoke a pipe. Um, for me, let me ask you this. What is the scripture we use against smoking? Now, nobody is arguing that smoking is good for you. Okay. I mean, my cigars are not full of vitamin C. I mean, no one's making that argument. Right. But my question is, what is the scripture we use against smoking? Because there's only one that I've ever had people come up with. And keep in mind, <clears throat> like I said, I'm not saying they're good for you, but I really have wondered what is the Bible reason for um, saying Christians can't do it. So I'll look it up. Good, I know what that's I a know good what verse you're going to quote. It's a good one. question. All right. So it's probably not the same one that I'm going to quote, but okay. here's here is 
my take on it um there's there's different types of smoking now you're talking about smoking cigars which is probably from what i understand that's a little different than people that smoke cigarettes as far as how addicting they are um the biggest thing that when i see somebody smoking a cigarette i think of it as you know so especially somebody that smokes a pack of cigarettes every day i i wouldn't think of that as much different than somebody that's a sex addict or any any kind of another addict where you are addicted to something that takes control of you and that is very very worrisome as a christian now the argument that i would make is is kind of a it's kind of a strange argument to make because you could make this against somebody that has a liking for anything else like ice mm-hmm. cream or you know anything else that's like that um we if if our if the reason that you're doing it is to get some sort of a high out of it or to get some sort of some something that pleases the flesh and that is that is what your whole reason for it is but it gets to the point that it takes control of you and you can't stop yourself from it and it becomes bondage um and i'm not sure what your i know you've run addictions programs and i guess addiction with alcohol is something means something to you maybe you never were addicted to cigarettes but to me the addiction side of the cigarettes is really the problem more so than the actual act of of taking you know smoking a cigarette if you look in Romans 8, I don't know if this is the same verse that you thought I was going to refer to. Uh, Romans 8, uh, verse 9 says, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. And to me, this is is one of these things where it's really hard to wrap your mind around spiritual stuff. And it's, it's something that we don't really talk about that much. We don't really realize the significance of this. Um, but as, as the, the, the natural side of sticking a cigarette in your mouth, that's not that big of a deal. But when you get to the point that you're controlled by some other substance other than the Holy spirit, it's dangerous grounds to be on because it really seems that you can either be one or the other, but not both. So that's my problem with addictions. Most, for the most part, is it seems that that it takes control over somebody, and we're not really supposed to be subject to that. But go ahead. Uh, what's your what's your take well, on it? Well, let me start by saying I used to smoke cigarettes, you know, many years ago, and let me tell you, hands down, I was addicted to them. I mean, that was a very difficult thing to stop doing. Anyone that is trying to stop smoking cigarettes, I feel for them because it is not easy. Uh, You know, with that being said, um, you know, I guess what you so on the on the addiction on the addiction side, how does how is is it different with cigarettes than alcohol? Because I realize alcohol can hurt other people more so than cigarettes can. I mean, if we're talking about the health benefits. Yeah, I guess the idea is um, very few people have the level of destruction in their life from the cigarettes that they do from the alcohol or other drugs. So, um, but I guess my first thought was from the verses you mentioned was uh, the idea of, you know, what you were describing. My first thought was, well, milkshakes fit that description. Right. So So does McDonald's. You know, if you're going after anything just because it pleases the flesh, it's like, well, that's just about everything that I put in my mouth. You know, I like food because I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I don't do all these other things, you know. So for me, it's like, well, I like eating good food. You know, I don't 
again, I don't drink milkshakes because of the health benefits. I, I do it because they taste good. You know, so do all my children. Um, okay, so the direction that I thought you're going to be going. So let me try to attack, you know, my own habit. And that is 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So that is <clears throat> one of the verses that I hear brought up most often against smoking. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, you know, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You shouldn't be putting those, um, you know, those cigars into the temple of the Holy Ghost. That's not good for it. I agree. I, 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 you know, again, no one is making the argument that uh, smoking is is good for you. But with that being said, um, neither is the ice cream that I eat. Neither is a lot of the food that I that I take in. For that matter, if white processed sugar was brought before the FDA today, it would be uh, dismissed and it would be made illegal. You would not be able to use it. It does not have one redeeming characteristic. You know, but it's still here and it's in everything. Um, <clears throat> so I always struggle with that as far as if we're going to take a hard line on 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, how does that work out? The only thing that I can come down to, so really. So if you were to go back, um, if you were to go back before we go on past the past this 19 and 20 part here, mm -hmm. uh, let's go back to 12. Uh, verse 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12 says, All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Mm -hmm. Meats for the belly and the belly for meats, but God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God hath both raised up the Lord and will also raise up, raise up us by his own power. And then this is where it goes on to our bodies, our members of Christ, um, and make the member, should we make a, me a member of Christ a member of a harlot? And then it goes on to this whole deal about the body being, which I've heard that verse so many times about our bodies being the temple of the Holy Ghost, that it's almost, it you, your mind almost becomes numb to it. Because like you said, that is a verse that everybody pulls out. But when you go mm -hmm. back just a little bit before, this is the point that Paul was making that I think is something that we should take into consideration. And that is that I will not be brought under the power of any, all things are lawful unto me and all things are not expedient. Um, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Um, I think that that is, that to me is really where it takes the point um, or the turn for me is, yeah, fine. Smoke a cigarette if you want, mm -hmm. but it's not necessarily, it's not going to benefit you. But if you get brought under the power of that cigarette and that starts controlling you because of your addiction to it, that is where, of course, this isn't a commandment, but Paul is saying, I'm not going to be brought under the power of anything else other than the Holy Spirit. Well, in that case, what I would say is that I should probably get Oreo cookies and ice cream out of my life before cigars. Be well, and, well, and if I'm being serious, it's because I can eat Oreo cookies and ice cream every day of the week, and I'm lucky if I get two cigars in a month. Okay, you so uh, clearly you're not addicted to the cigar. Uh, I don't know if I am or not. From a guy that's been addicted to a lot of stuff, it sure doesn't feel like it. 
you know, but I yeah. do enjoy. No, I would say, I would say not because I mean, it's like, yeah. I know people that are, that cannot get through the day without drinking coffee. They've, and yeah, I, I don't absolutely. think there's anything wrong with coffee, but there's some, some people that are dependent on coffee to the point that they literally, if they try to cut it off and take a fast from coffee, they go nuts. Um, and I would say yeah. that that's becoming problematic where you're becoming controlled by a substance. Um, but does that mean that I think that coffee is terrible? No. Uh, the same thing with cigarettes. If you could smoke a cigarette once a month or once every six months or whatever, and it's not a big deal mm-hmm. for me, if I if I go a month or two without drinking a cup of coffee, I don't notice it. it. Sounds like you're the same thing with the cigars. It doesn't sound like you've been you're controlled by them. Um, and so, to me, I mean, if you can do it with a clear conscience, that's between you and God. I would. Well, I, I can't. And, it's and just that's where <laughs> repulsive of me to think of it. <laughs> you know what, Caleb? That's really where I ended up with. Um, with the cigars. One of my favorite stories of is one of DL Moody and Charles Spurgeon. And I actually tried to find a picture of Charles Spurgeon smoking a cigar because anyone that knows anything about Charles Spurgeon or anyone that read any, you know, his biography or the, you know, the several books written about him knows that he was an avid cigar smoker and he so- smoked cigars all the time, you know, for many, many, many years. And D.L. Moody, so Charles Spurgeon was in, a preacher over in England. D.L. Moody was a preacher in America, specifically up in Chicago. And D.L. Moody was a huge guy. I mean, approaching 400 pounds, big, big guy. And they were contemporaries and they knew each other. And one time D.L. Moody <clears throat> confronted Charles Spurgeon on his cigars and said, you know, when are you going to give up those cigars? And he poked him in the belly and said, as soon as you get rid of that, you know, and the and it was a funny story simply because would Charles Spurgeon be better off not smoking sh- cigars? Sure. Like I said, there it's a detriment to your health. Would D.L. Moody be better off not being 150, 200 pounds overweight? Obviously. OK, but with that being said, you know, that was to our understanding, the extent of the sin in the life of these great men. And, and for whatever reason, you know, neither of them fixed those things in their life, even though certain people could point to either of those issues and say, you know, that that's, that's not okay. The Bible is against that. That's not good for you. And they could make a case, you know, so for me at the end of the day, I said, uh, you know, cigars are a good excuse for me to sit still for an hour, which I really have trouble doing. So when I need to just sit still and be quiet and stop working and turn off the phone and just, you know, relax and be able to reflect on my day and 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 have that time. That's what I use the cigars for. And if anyone ever anyone that ever says to me you shouldn't smoke cigars my answer is always the same you're probably right i'm not going to make an argument for cigars i'm not going to try to be the cigar poster boy you know i also have no plan on quitting smoking cigars unless god can come in and you know hit me with it then right. it'll be one more thing I have to give up, you know, add it to the list of the bad things that have been in Patrick's life that he has to give up. Yeah, no, that's, um, that's a good point. I, so basically I, if I d- decide to make the argument on here right now that you need to quit smoking your cigars, you're telling me I'll, I'll win the argument. 
Oh yeah, you, you'll, you'll, I mean, you'll tell not, me I'm probably right. I'm not. Well, gonna, this is the I'm argument. This is the point. argument I should. This is the argument I should finally pick with you then. <laughs> but actually, that that really brings up an interesting point, and I've heard that same exchange um, where they. <laughs> where those guys were arguing about who was it, it reminds me of of jesus's disciples walking along the road and, and trying to figure out who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of god or trying to figure out whose sin is bigger than the others <laughs> um and so that really brings a, a good point as far as when do we deal with these things and i think really the whole point of this isn't should somebody else be smoking a cigarette it's, it's should i you know should i smoke or should i get a tattoo and i think the answer to that should always be that if if there's a way to be more set apart, more like Christ, I would always I would always be the proponent of if if there's a danger of um, a danger of getting addicted to something, don't do it. Um, and it sounds to me like, and this goes, uh, I've already made my point about drinking. I've never I've never drank enough alcohol to get buzzed. I think that's the reason most people do drink alcohol. I've drank a few times. I've had a glass of wine. And I feel that I can do that in a clear conscience. I, it's not like I walk away and I just feel guilty the next day. I'm like, man, why did I do that? You know, I don't feel that. I do feel like I can do it in a clear conscience. And from my understanding of the scripture, it's totally permissible unless I'm a drunkard. You know, if I'm, if I'm getting drunk, that's totally different. That's the conclusion I've come to. And with a clear conscience, I feel like I can do that. And I would say the same thing for somebody that occasionally smokes a cigarette or, or whatever. I don't see that it's, um, I, I can't say that, that I find anything in the Bible that clearly says not to do it unless it becomes an addiction. That's where it seems to me that it really is a problem. And that's uh, cigarettes are, are uh, nicotine is, is really supposed to be an addicting thing. I mean, they are, they have put money into, they it put money into making is. it to where you become enslaved to it. And, and <clears throat> that is, that is a problem. Jesus came to set us free and not, and not for us to become captive and, and slaves to, whatever it might be, whether it's a, a substance, a drug, you know, a cigarette, alcohol, any of those things can, we can end up becoming subject to those things. So um, anyway, that's, that's kind of my biggest thing against it is, is the, uh, is the whole addiction part of it. So. Okay. So let me give you another idea and I'm going to bring this verse up on the screen for us. Okay. So this is one of the shortest verses in the Bible First uh, Thessalonians 5.22, abstain from all appearance of evil. Now, this is a verse that <clears throat> I've always liked, mostly because this verse applies to everybody, but the way it applies to you is different than the way it applies to me. And this verse, God was vague on purpose. So that way, you can apply it to your life and you can say, you know what? I feel like this thing in my life might look evil. I don't think it is, but I think it might look evil. So I'm just going to stay away from it because I think that'll help me and my testimony as a Christian. So, because keep in mind, the verse doesn't say to stay away from evil things. It says to stay away from things that appear to be evil. By definition, that means that the things we're talking about are not evil. But God right. says to stay away from those things. So so for the person that and, and you've heard me say this before, so many Christians have the mixed up stupid view that I'm going to do the bare minimum that the Bible says I have to do. It's like, well, congratulations, you're worthless. OK, <clears throat> you have the spiritual maturity of my four year old. OK, doing the bare minimum. 
then you have this level of Christianity where God says, I'm leaving it up to you to go through your life and figure out the things in your life that are holding you back. I can't say they're sinful. I can't say they're evil or wicked, but there are some things that might appear to be evil, and those things are not helping you. They're not helping your testimony. They're not helping you as a Christian reach others for Christ, and maybe you should give those up. I think this verse is the best argument for me quitting cigars if I had to make one, you know, which I am not trying to make. But if I had to, this is the verse that I would lean on as far as, you know, a good reason, because you got to remember that one as as a Christian, I'm called to a level of spiritual maturity where I am supposed to put everybody else and God before myself. So that's, you know, one of those ideas. Anyway, it, it's one of my favorite little verses. It's something that I, you know, think about when trying to sort through things and answer questions when I'm making a tough decision. I can always go back to that verse and it helps me out a lot. Right. Yeah. That's, that is one of my favorite verses. And I, I love what precedes that pray without ceasing and every yep. give everything, give thanks. It talks about not quenching the spirit and holding on to um, what is good and staying away from even the appearance of evil. It seems like that sometimes when we are doing something, it can be, it can be a, totally fine it's like i told i've told single people you may be locked in your room with your girlfriend having a bible study but it's not what everybody else is assuming is happening (laughs) if you're off on your own you know um we're not assuming that you're under the under the covers in in your room having a bible study it it appears evil it may not be evil you may be you may be oddly specific caleb It may be, it, you may be, um, you may be totally keeping it, keeping your boundaries that you've drawn, but it doesn't look like it. And so sometimes in order to actually have our, like you said, our testimony be good and for us to be able to actually hold on to what is good, we do have to abstain from the appearance of evil. Um, and how do we, how do we look set aside when we were, when my wife and I were in Germany, we went to a Russian Mennonite colony and typically Mennonites are very, very careful about being set apart, um, looking different than the world. And we go to this Russian Mennonite colony on an old, uh, Russian military base in, in Germany. And they, um, I, when every last week you mentioned about mini skirts in church, that was the first, first thing I thought of this church, the, the worship team, they were all, you know, mini skirts. We get done with church and all the guys are outside smoking their cigars. Um, and, and to, to be honest, the visual just wasn't, it's like, wow, this is so important to you that you can't even get through a church service without going outside and smoking your cigar. Um, it seems, it seems that, you know, whether or not it's evil, it sure didn't look like the testimony of Christ to me, you know, as a, as an outsider walking up there to the, to that colony, I was like, are these people even saved? I don't know. Yeah. So anyways, um, I guess Beverly Montgomery chimed in here um, and let you know that you are going to die. I can't remember what she said, but of course, um, yeah, apparently you're going to get COPID. What is COPID or COPD? Yeah, it's a respiratory condition. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. So anyways, smoking is bad for me because we've all needed the warning on the packs this whole time because we all thought cigarettes and cigars were full of vitamin C and 
thank God for the Surgeon General to clear that up by, by writing a warning on the side of the pack. If anyone saw my health, let me tell you, okay, me being, you know, 50 pounds overweight is definitely worse for me and my heart than the two cigars a month. Do you realize that my doctors have told me that? Okay, when I go in for a physical, they always ask you all the questions, you know, and they're always amazed that I don't drink or do any kinds of drugs. And when they get to smoking, I'm honest and I'm like, yeah, you know, I probably have two cigars, you know, a month on a, on a good month where I have more barbecues and vacation time. Maybe I'll have four. And I've asked them, I'm like, how big of a deal is that? And they're like, I don't even care about that. They're like, you need to lose 25 pounds. They're like, that's what that's what's going to kill you. You know, it is heart disease that is the that is the big deal. With that being said, you know, whatever. Go ahead. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you know what's nice, Caleb? It's nice to know how many of our viewers are without sin. That's why I'm getting so many. Rocks well, actually, today. so so Beverly, <laughs> Beverly just said two thirds of one of her lungs is gone. A third of the mm -hmm. other is gone. Smoking destroyed her temple. I bet. Um, and there's and there's other other people. <laughs> other people on here that uh are are you know sharing their testimony of how they they uh, ended up getting away from it so obviously that is it can become a big deal and and where what's the verse where it says you know if your hand causes you to sin cut it off yeah. if your eye causes you to sin gouge it out if cigarettes are causing you to sin and yeah. not be able to be effective in the kingdom of god because you're killing yourself slowly then that's becoming an issue so I would say, yeah, Patrick, you might need to, you might need to go <laughs> cut it. Go. I was there for your birthday party when you got your, your, what, what is that? A humidor? It's like a refrigerated a, humidor. A refrigerated humidor. Yep. So yeah. I, I, I was right there. Temperature and the right humidity. Yep. So anyways, you'll, you may have to, you may have to get rid of that someday. You'll have to update us if God can fix you to get rid of your cigars. But yeah, and keep, in, I've, keep in mind, I have people who are admittedly two pack a day smokers telling me to give up my two cigars a month. Right. <laughs> well, I have known Patrick for years and never, I don't think I've ever seen you smoke a cigar. So yeah. I knew that you did because I was there for your birthday party when you got that sure. as a gift. Um, so anyway, I knew you smoked cigars. So that was, I, I was curious how this was going to go tonight coming onto this. But I, I, I don't know that much yeah. about smoking, but I know you're not the chain smoker. So anyways, um, well, that honestly, I mean, I don't know if we can stretch this out for a whole hour on this, but really the same point for this that was made for the last thing as far as the, the uh, tattoos. I'm not sure if there's any more. Uh, I got a few more comments that I haven't read here, but They've basically, basically, when it comes to making sure that we get what we want and that our body is satisfied and that we get the taste or the smell or the... I guess, I guess you 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 could consider isn't a cigar? You smoke cigars, right? Correct. That's not. What's the what's the? It's not a pipe. You don't smoke a pipe. I That's also the deal. smoke a pipe. Oh, okay. So yeah. What's your so question? You, <laughs> so so a cigar twice a month. How is how often on the pipe? <laughs> um the cigar the pipe would be in place of a cigar okay so yeah. i guess the question is some things you actually inhale the smoke some things you don't correct right? so here's the big difference okay so pipes cigars and cigarettes all have nicotine 
okay? Nicotine is the drug from the tobacco plant that calms you down, okay? It's, it's, a, uh, uh, it's a depressant, it relaxes you, okay? Okay. Cigarettes are so bad, not because of the nicotine, we go we go back to cigarettes for the nicotine it's the tar and the formaldehyde and all the chemicals in the cigarettes that kill everybody okay that's the stuff that destroys your lungs <clears throat> plus cigarettes you inhale you don't inhale a pipe or a cigar you just draw it into your mouth and then blow it out so you get the flavor in your mouth and again I feel like I, I feel stupid for even saying so, this again. I'm not trying to defend cigars and pipes or trying right, to tell right. people how great they are. I'm not trying to get anyone into this. Okay, but, you know, cigarettes, any cigarette smoker will tell you, yeah, it is going to kill you. It is full of garbage. It is full of chemicals. It is the worst thing in the world. And every cigarette smoker that has quit will tell you how much better they feel within a week of being done with it. Okay, here, here, here's a fact. This is a poster I read in my doctor's office. They said people that exercise and smoke cigarettes will live longer that pe than people that do neither. Hmm. The whole idea, it, exercise is so important to your life and to your heart that you can actually take up smoking the same time you take up running and you will live longer than if you didn't either. Okay. I'm not saying, you know, cigarettes are, are bad. Okay. But, you know, understand <clears throat> there are other things that are very important to your health than just, you know, not smoking. Uh, right. The, the body is not meant to be sedentary. We're supposed to move around. We're supposed to have exercise. You know, these things, these things are very important. But that's the difference between cigarettes, cigars and pipes is that none of those chemicals are in the cigars and the pipes. It's just leaf tobacco. And that's what we're drawing into our mouth so we can taste it. Hmm. Does that help answer? Yeah, no, that's that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I was going to say, obviously, there's some some of the damage is done in the lungs. A lot of the damage is done in the lungs, from what I understand. And so, if, um, as far as the the health side of it, if you're if you're just taking it partway into your temple, <laughs> what what were those it's offerings? Just it's just right there what at were the those... doorway. What were those um, aromatic offerings that they used to offer in the temple? Oh, you mean those... burning of the incense to Caesar yeah. and those things where they would just put a pinch of incense in and the smoke would go up? And yeah. yeah, so maybe it's something like that. Okay, so we have several people that are asking about this. So, uh, you know, what about smoking marijuana? Is that a sin or not? So just remember, everyone, next week, that is what we're talking about. We are going over marijuana. Uh, from start to finish, so we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about what the Bible has to say. So we're, you should we're get an, try you should get an expert on here next week. Somebody that's well, actually smoked some weed. I know. Just weed. walk out your door. <laughs> walk out your door. Catch somebody that's out for a walk, getting their exercise and their marijuana in Colorado. You, you want to get someone that um, has smoked marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming that we have an expert already on the podcast. We, well, we have someone with experience. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. So that, that'll be another, you know, one we can, we can go down, but yeah, yeah. That's, that'll be interesting. 
Yeah. So we're going to try not to get into that right now because we're going to get into it next week. Okay. <clears throat> what else you got for us, Caleb? Believe it or I not, think that's, we have nine minutes to burn. I think that's about as long as I can figure out how to defend um, your cigar habit on here. <laughs> oh, my soul. Yeah. So I guess the, the moral of the story is as uh if you're gonna get a tattoo get a christian tattoo yep. you're gonna smoke smoke, smoke a cigar <laughs> buy the cigarettes from your christian bookstore at your local church that's the way to do it yeah well for me i've never tried it because um and actually i learned it was about a year no, maybe a couple of years ago that I kind of realized what cigarettes do to somebody and how they'll cal- uh-huh. calm you down. And I, and I heard that people would talk about, you know, not being able to get through the day without, without a cigarette, um, without a cigarette because of their anxiety or whatever. Sure. And there was one day, I can't remember what had all gone wrong, but there was a whole bunch of stuff that went wrong and it was, I was dealing with anxiety and stress and I was, and the, it was the first time ever the thought, thought crossed my mind. I bet right now is when people, you know, go and get a cigarette this is probably exactly yep. what i need right now to calm me down and that That's was exactly scary it. because i've never up until that point i'd never actually i've never i hate the smell of cigarette smoke i cannot mm-hmm. stand those i guess some cigars are like scented or have some sort of weird sweet smells i used to go to auctions with my dad and everybody around me would be smoking these nasty i don't know what they pull it out of their mouth and it's all soggy and looks <laughs> like, looks like that's probably where coronavirus started <laughs> was in somebody's wet really? water tub. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to blame the coronavirus on cigar smokers. You already made that jump. Do you work for so anyways, CNN? <laughs> anyways, I was never appealing to me at all. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden one day I'm all stressed out, ready to snap. And I'm like, well, this would be a good time to, to have a cigarette. Um, and so I can see how I can see how people that could definitely get hooked on it because their life is turned upside down. And and if that's the reason for it, to me, Jesus, we should always turn to Jesus when we're dealing with not having enough peace in our life and whatever. Um, and that's that would be my problem with somebody drinking um, on a regular basis to try to escape from their whatever anxiety the reality yeah and if if that's if cigarettes is a milder version of a drug like that to do that and that's your that's your escape is that cigarette or whatever i would say that that's i mean i'm talking i'm not talking about somebody that's an occasional cigar smoker but you know if you're if you're escaping from reality by trying to trying to calm yourself down by chain smoking eventually it's not it doesn't seem like that i see that rendering peace in somebody's life long term you you see people that turn to anything other than than christ for their peace and you just see you just see their you know might might look fine at 20 they might look okay at 30 35 40 comes along and they're looking a little rough and pretty soon you you see these people where it just looks like their life is really falling apart you know they're all tattooed up they've been smoking and drinking and trying to come up with any other way that they could find to find this fulfillment in their life that really comes through jesus so that that to me would be in closing, what I would say is don't try to find your fulfillment in life through any of these other things. Find it in Jesus. You know, something that I just thought of while you were talking there <clears throat> was there are so many uh, there are so many Christians that don't even realize what they're addicted to. And the one thing I would suggest to everyone is go ahead and try fasting for three days. You want to find out what you're addicted to? Give it a fast. All of a sudden, you're going to be amazed 
at how you are going to be going through withdrawals and freaking out because you don't have caffeine or sugar or whatever it is that your body's used to. Facebook. Here we are on <laughs> here we are on Facebook talking talking about your problem of occasionally smoking a cigar. And Facebook is one of the worst addictions that people deal with right now. Yeah. But <clears throat> you know, I think what you said it is a good point, you know. And um, that was something that I did not like about myself when I was smoking cigarettes was that all of a sudden I did have this dependency and I had this thing that I would go to. And it is true that the idea is that God is supposed to be that thing that we go to whenever we're struggling, whenever we're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, whenever we are you know, sad, depressed, anxious, any of those things, we are always supposed to be able to go to God because God wants to uh, fulfill all of those desires and, and give us all of our needs. And he can. I mean, the, because the fact is there are lots of us that, you know, are not addicted to stuff anymore and we we don't have to do it. And and that freedom is available to, to anybody. You know, and it is nice because there are going to be days when you don't have anyone or anything and you're in a dark place, you're in a lonely place, you're scared and you need to be able to know that you can turn to Jesus and he will hear your prayers and you can get that comfort and relief that you want. Amen. All right. Well, I'm good stopping three minutes early unless you want to add anything to it. <laughs> No, I think that I think that pretty much wraps it up. There was a point that I thought of a second ago when you were talking, but um, yeah, I think it it goes along it goes along the lines with with many other things that that we've talked about on here in the past. I kind of we tend to beat this dead horse as far as obedience to God, finding our fulfillment in Him, and realizing that sometimes the the options that the world has to offer us to give us happiness are not really what we're looking for. And if we're looking, if we're looking for, um, you know, I mentioned earlier that the whole spiritual side of things is something that kind of gets downplayed. Now we have zombies and ghosts and we have all these spirit beings that are portrayed on, on TV that are, you know, this, this fake, um, this fake portrayal of this stuff. But the, the fact that we are, emotional but we're also spiritual we have mind soul and spirit and and this is part of how we tick with god is the spiritual side of it is the emotional side of it and when we're when we have when we start seeing things out of whack in our life those things all tie together and you can't balance it out by just trying to uh, physically please yourself with more food and think that that's gonna long-term fix your emotional psychological issues or your spiritual issues. And I know some people that are, um, especially in the Pentecostal realm where it's kind of this, con um, constant roller coaster of always having to try to pray through and get, get to the other side of something spiritually before you can actually make a sound decision on something and, and where you can sometimes end up spending too much time just second guessing every one of your emotions and wondering what is God and what isn't. And, um, I'm not suggesting that you go to the extreme that everything becomes emotional, but to realize that we deal with anxiety and we deal with those issues and God really is the cure for those problems. And there is a spiritual cure for our emotional, uh, psychological issues. And, um, so anyways, I, I don't think that the answers are, are, are out there in anything other than, other than following God's principles, obedience to God renders 
his promises being fulfilled in our lives. So I'll say amen to that. Okay. We're at an hour. We're going to get out in under 60 minutes for the first time in the history of Bible Thumper. You were here, ladies and gentlemen, you got to experience it. So Shabbat Shalom, have a good week. And we will see you next week when we talk about marijuana. Awesome. Thank you. Have a good night.